All right. Hey. What's that sound? Sounds like Sparktacular 2020. The election special. The election special. You know what time it is. This is Julius. We have Alex. <laughs> I was like, I was pretty sure you forgot my name and that you were literally like, what is her name? I'm going to come to it. No. And so I just waited to see if you would remember or not. I, was like, I just hate introducing. Okay. I was going to be honest. honest. Okay. So you should have said like, and then I would have been like, I'm Alex. But instead you just stared at me like, what is your name? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. man. So let's try this one more time. <laughs> just one it's more fine. time. It's cool. right. no, we're, we're going. We're good. Right. We obviously know this is Julius and Alex. Yes. Right. Take, take three. No, no, no. no. We no, are, it's no all we're good. good. It's all good. Take whatever so we're, we're on now. So we're keeping this all in? It's all in. Okay, all in, cool. baby. All in, baby. It's Sparktacular okay. 2020. <laughs> no. No. Are we, everybody. No. JP is not in charge of the This is who we are. I did not forget Alex's name. I want everybody to hear how beautiful her voice is, though, which is why. If she could say her name, it would be amazing. I'm Alex. Yes. And we also have... I'm JP. And we also all... Tickling the ivories, we have... Tickling the plastics is uh, <laughs> Cody. It's, it's, it's a synthesizer, if anybody was guessing. Y'all, this is Spark in the Valley. If we seem a little rowdy, it's it's... Later than we usually record. It is the day it's after been, election day, it has been and we a have not crazy hellish week. Decided our our winner yet? Yeah, yeah it, we're, we're all sitting on pins and needles. Yeah, kind of anxious. Yeah, but we're here. We wanted to put something together because I mean that's that's what we do. That that's why we're doing this. We also want to keep it light and and bring some laughter. To yeah, such an ominous time. Is ominous the right word? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Alex is the one to ask that. Yeah. Foreboding foreboding ominous it is an ominous time it's driving me nuts it's crazy right anxiety inducing yeah. and we yes had, we had a great time yesterday though oh man yesterday was so one of the fun, funnest though. times that i had all things considered yeah seriously one of the funnest most fun days that i've had in a long time it was interesting i've actually yeah. never had shenanigans like such oh and just just so you all know yesterday was election day for us yes uh, we'll we'll be releasing this on thursday but maybe hopefully <laughs> we'll see hopefully we'll release this as soon as possible it is the election week yeah we and, all... and it is the for us we are recording on the day after the election it's yep. wednesday yeah november the 4th but yesterday we had a really good time in athens tennessee um we had cody and jp dressed up in their uh revolutionary revolutionary um Attire, garb, garb. Yeah. I love it. Um, BDUs, <laughs> right? Yeah. Would they have gone on the battlefield? With that? Not really. They would probably not. Up. No, this is this yeah, is after they uh, they were in the war and got and raised their um, got their it. status. Got yeah. it. My, my right. hair was too perfectly coiffed to have ever been in a war. Nice. But we have some footage from that. Um, we were able to speak with a. Um, Representative, a, uh, a council member. Yeah, he was running yeah. for Athens City Council. Yeah, he was um, running and was elected. Was yes. elected. Yeah, was elected. Uh, Jordan Woo! Curtis. Yes. He had, Congratulations. To Mr. He had Curtis. some great things to say. He um, did. He was so nice. Um, mm -hmm. um, I've I've known him for a few years now, mm -hmm. and um, he said so. Yeah, he'll tell you about it in yeah. the interview. But. Yeah, so we were able to interv interview him. Uh, we we also interviewed some other people from the friendly city. 
Um, we'll uh, have those friendly yeah. city. Some friendly city. Uh, we, we we got some great. I, I got a I got a nice little interview with a first time voter. Yes. Um, congratulations to awesome. first time voters. Yeah, all, all first time, time voters. voters. Thank you so like, much for coming like, out. Yes, Regardless of, of how you voted I'm, or who you voted, we're, we're for, proud yeah. that yes. you got out and yes. And, and that's what voted. we're. That, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to spark change. If, if if we can make or help one person know that their vote does count, mm. regardless of what they what lines they've been fed in the past, regardless of what thoughts that they may have had, if they can go out and do the one thing that makes an American an American, mm. that's important. That's and that's that. true democracy. That's, that's what the that's that's what this country was founded for. There you go. There you go. Uh, so we'll be showing that as well. If you're following us on YouTube, we're going to have those visuals. Yeah, if you're, listen, if you're listening, so, um, <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch to go to our YouTube channel Absolutely. and watch the video. Yeah, yes. those yes. videos are going to be really great. Yes. And yes. Our, Just look up Spark in the Valley yeah. uh, and we'll come up. Absolutely. So uh, we'll get right into it. Obviously, we've already stated it's the day after Election Day. We got the... Um, I don't even know what the coverage going on in the background right now when we're looking at our electoral map and uh, who has the most votes. Um, it, it's going to be contentious. Yeah, it's going to be contentious. I mean, it is this already. Is a, it's, a, it's a close race, guys. It's, it's real very close. close. Too close for comfort. Yeah, as we're sitting here right now, uh, Biden's ahead 40 electoral uh, votes. But, I mean, the night is young. The week is young. All these lawsuits are that are already coming up and everything. I mean, it, it's going to be a while. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a tough tough couple of weeks, maybe even longer. Mm -hmm. Who knows? And this is CNN. They haven't even called Arizona yet. A lot of places have called Arizona for Biden, so it's like Which I better numbers. But oh, hey, fifty-one percent to forty-seven with eighty-two percent reporting. So, In I mean, it looks Arizona? Like, yeah, it looks like ninety thousand votes are. Uh, Joe Biden's lead. Okay. In yeah. Arizona and Very in Nevada. Nevada's the close one. Uh, it looks like we've yeah, got right a point. Close. We've been at, we've been percent. for a long time. Point so six. they haven't up, they haven't updated this number in a while. Wow. Yeah, that's it's been that all day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We've got uh, Georgia as well, forty nine point eight percent toward Donald Trump, but he's only ahead thirty nine thousand votes or forty thousand, with ninety five percent of the uh, estimated vote already coming in, but. Georgia is that one state where we had a lot of different things going on. We had mm -hmm. that uh, that pipe main burst in Atlanta that delayed a lot of votes coming in. And, uh, the president has taken offense to those votes still being <laughs> Was counted. Was that Atlanta or Pennsylvania? Which What part? The water burst. That's Atlanta. Oh, was yeah, Atlanta? Yeah, I'd, I'd, oh. I'd heard that last wow. night, but I, I didn't hear anything about that. Everything. I heard yeah. that they did, it didn't affect any of the ballots. It, it affected their ability to count, count them. them. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. And it just, it's taking more time. Mm. But none of the ballots got damaged as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that what was they never, said, yeah, that there was no damage to ballots. Which is good. But yeah, I mean, as but, you've been, oh, sorry, but, but all this will be different by the time people yeah. are yeah. listening to this. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we're, we're just reporting things as they are at the yeah. time of this recording. Yeah. But I mean, we're definitely going to be coming back next week mm -hmm. and we're, we're going to hopefully wrap up this conversation. But I feel, again, I feel like this is going to be going on. We're going to be talking yeah. about this for a little bit. For a little while. I think this election is going to go down in history. In history. Mm -hmm. I mean, it I really think has. it is. Biden has had more votes than any other president has ever had. Candidate. Which well, means yeah. Donald Trump 
has the second, which and the says, highest votes of any. says something about overpopulation more than anything else, right? I mean, well, <laughs> it also talks up to uh, how important this election was that people. I agree. Voted. No, people yeah, no, turned it, out. It, it's amazing. just amazing. Number-wise and percentage. I have to say that Worldwide. I. The entire world is watching this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watching, man. My Australian like, friend, she messaged me and she was like, literally, the only thing on TV is American politics yeah. for the last three days. Yeah. yeah. My, my family in Guatemala and Colombia are sitting on pins and needles trying to figure out what direction our country is going because whether we like it or not, our country views itself as the world police and we decide the way that a lot of the things in this world go. Yeah. So a lot of people that want to sit at home and not think that the election matters to anyone, I mean, it matters to the entire world because America being the superpower that it is, debatable at this point, but being the superpower that it is, it, it has that impact, it has that effect, and it, it has ripples yeah. that of consequence around the entire world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that kind of gets into, you know, already you've been hearing it, a, a little bit of a snapshot of where we are mm -hmm. currently in our election, if you're listening. Um, and what JP is saying right now kind of brings us to like the, the start of kind of like the foundation of this, this episode, um, which is why it's so important to vote. Why does somebody, when, when, when you go out in the street and somebody's, you know, picketing or, or what is it called, electioneering, uh, why, when, they, when they tell you to go vote, you know, what is that, what is that strike in your heart when, you, when, you, when somebody says, oh, just go vote? You, you always have that follow-up question, for who, why? Yeah, you know, yeah. for what? Uh, for well, what? I mean, yeah, I, I've honestly that that that's a personal responsibility for you to inform I, yourself. I kind mm -hmm. of agree too. Mm -hmm. I think that it's the whole point is that you need to be civically engaged. You need to know what's going on mm -hmm. in your district, in your state, yeah. in your your region and the country, you need to know what's going on. It's up to you to go out there. It's not hard to find information on these these people. I mean, they're all over the place. They have mm -hmm. ads, they have websites, they have mm -hmm. social media. You There's so many like places. Out there telling you. Telling you. I mean, I literally made a pamphlet about the Senate candidates, the Democratic Senate candidates for people that we handed out at the Democratic headquarters so people would just be able to read their platforms like right off of a pamphlet. That's so great. people are doing stuff like that everywhere. Yeah. And so you need to inform yourself mm. about where you are yeah. and what you're responsible for voting for. Yeah. You know, it's not someone else's job to tell you who to vote for. Okay. In fact, I think that that's kind of that's not that's, that's not kind of like, yeah. well, I think that that's maybe kind of gauche. Like if somebody walked up to me and they were like, these are the people you need to vote for. I would be like, excuse me, I think yeah. I'm going to vote for who I want to vote for, yeah. who I think is best aligned with the things that are important to me. I'm not just going to vote for them because you told me to vote for them. There you go. you that, know what I'm saying? I think that's the important part where a lot of people talk about voting your conscience is vote vote the things that are important to you not the things that were important to daddy or mom right. or grandma or anybody think vote, vote for the things that are going to be important to you and the the people right directly around you yeah because your inner circle is going to eventually get affected by the change that is happening at the uh nationwide level yeah uh Depending on who you vote for, different policies can get enacted, different uh, measures can be passed, and ballot measures can go through and stuff like that. And it, it's important to be engaged civically. You don't have to do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to create a radio show or a podcast. You don't have to do all of the stuff that we're doing right now. Uh, but you do have that obligation to yourself and your, your immediate circle mm -hmm. to at least know 
what's going on. So a part of that is making sure that you you're getting the information from a credible source. Reputable source. Oh, right? absolutely. Yes, misinformation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I yeah, know you absolutely have to do your own research and make sure that you're getting that information either from, you know, this like is a Alex. I'm <laughs> Alex. Information. <laughs> She she parts her hair the I other way. I don't think way. She, I don't think she's calling in this week. I think she's too busy. Is she too busy? Um, I think that if you go straight to candidates' websites and social media, that is one of the best ways to know what that candidate is about. Okay. Um, and then also reading if you're reading about the candidates and reading about things, especially in like regional areas and stuff. Like I know for the for us, we're in Tennessee, so the Tennessean is like a really important newspaper. Mm-hmm. It's been around a really long time. They're pretty straight and narrow when it comes to Tennessee politics. Okay. And so you can trust those like larger statewide newspapers to tell you about local candidates. Um, and then of course you can always contact their campaigns and they're happy to give you information about about what they stand for or where you can go to a town hall and meet that person or where you can go to a Q&A and meet that person. We had two from Ed Gorman in Athens in a course of a couple of months. Yeah. Um, so you have to make a point to go out and meet those candidates, not just read about them. Try to get out there and meet them. Ask them a question. See how they answer. See how they react to you. Um, all of those things are reasons why I decided to vote for Meg or Marquita is because I met them in person and I was right. like, yeah, this person is worth my vote. Right. Like, they're yeah. great. It's Speaking of Meg, she she did lose her her race, which it's Tennessee, and she's running as a Democrat. So it's, against an incumbent, so it's, it's very. Difficult. But we still got to give it up to her. Oh, we got to give it up to her. Meg twenty twenty. We're going to have her on the show again. Mm-hmm. And I just I I do want to say I know Meg is a listener, and I just want you to know Meg. We really do appreciate you taking the time speaking with us that day yeah uh the and times that you came down to uh, to yes. our county and spoke with us uh it, it was it was truly nice to be able to sit down with someone that was going to be running finding out absolutely. firsthand absolutely what answers that they could give us on some questions mm-hmm. and being like what you said getting that information from a credible source mm-hmm. you don't get any more credible than the horse's mouth yeah, she right. has right. such you know? a, a unique perspective now exactly that's, uh that's going to be invaluable and i mean she, yeah. she she's a young she's a young person she still has many races that she can go for. Many, Absolutely. Many different things that she has Absolutely. the possibility of winning. Yeah. Uh, she's a true inspiration to other young people here mm-hmm. in the state because it, it's good to know that you don't have to be you don't have to be an old person to be to be in politics. Yeah, we just elected the uh, youngest congressperson uh, ever, uh, twenty five. Uh, Madison Cawthorn. Wow. Of uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, which it, it ran as a Republican. I don't know anything about their politics, mm-hmm. but the the fact that yeah. a twenty five year old, which is the it's the minimum deal. age, yeah, I the, mean, that, that's yeah. younger than any of us here. Yeah. you know, and wow. that that's amazing. You know, wow. it doesn't matter as long as as younger people can see that there is a future for them in politics. Yeah, yeah. like uh, with there, there's representation now. Like exactly, uh, and speaking of representation, we've got Florida that just elected their first openly transgender congressperson oh, wow. in Monica DePaul. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, congratulations. I, I, I didn't expect that from Florida. 
Yeah. You know, but it's great that it happened. It definitely needs to happen. We have to have more representation amongst all mm -hmm. types of people because, I mean, this it, America is a melting pot. You've heard it a million times. And that was Congress, you said, in, in Florida? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we had the state senator in Delaware that's also transgender. It's wow. Awesome. So there's progression going on no, across yeah. the nation. It's, and, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's mm -hmm. not going to be just like everyone in Congress is going to be transgender or everyone's <laughs> going to be gay. Right. Like, it's just, but the there, representation there to, Exactly, the there. representation is yeah. important because yeah. people that are transgender people that are uh homosexual yeah. they need to know that there is someone out there fighting battles for them so that, that kind of goes to another thing that i wanted to bring up how in your opinion all, all of our opinions how has all of this changed um in the last four years like, what do you mean all of this? Sorry, ele ele elections, like in your eyes. Like well, if you look at the numbers, really not much has changed at all. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, they, the I think that's really one of the most, um, it's in direct juxtaposition with all of these, like, look at these happy things that have happened. Like, but those are small victories. I hate to say it because every victory is a great victory and I'm glad for anything that is pushing us forward but those are small victories when we're looking at possibly losing senate seats to republicans possibly losing you know this election to trump when i was just so convinced that the early turnout really indicated that people were sick and tired of the last four years and they were turning out in a way they didn't turn out in 2016 so that's something that is very different and not the same uh 2016 a lot of people did not show up 2020 people showed up but yet the numbers look almost exactly the same. And I just don't understand how the last four years have not made an impact on half of our country. They did. And we'll, like, I mean, they did. That, that is the impact. People are out there to make their voice heard one way or the other. But the people went out. And it really did help. I mean, like, I hate to say that the pandemic helped anything, but mm. the pandemic helped to get people to understand the power of the mail-in vote. Did you see, did, did we see more voter suppression this this go-round? Well, I don't think, oh, God, I think we've sure. seen as much they voter tried. suppression. They definitely tried, but I think what we're seeing is a lot of one party who shall not be named uh -huh. uh, that is trying to delegitimize people's votes yeah and i think absolutely. that that might be the voter suppression that you're talking about mm -hmm. and disenfranchisement honestly because there was a lot of suppression just to put it out there a lot of the suppression that's being used for voter suppression techniques is entrenched in our systems and cannot be broken out of those systems so every time we have an election we have voter suppression problems wow because it comes down to precinct locations are harder and more sparingly found yeah. in black and brown areas, right. making well, we it more difficult for issues, them to vote. Right. I mean, yeah. Athens had their own issues with different. Oh, they changed. They changed the and, yeah, they precinct changed the at the la the polling place at the last minute. The and, last and, and minute. And, let, let, and a okay. lot of people went to the courthouse let's, and got really shitty treatment from so, the people there, and then didn't wow. go vote because they were like, "Well, there you go. So, screw let, you," okay. you know. So off of that, I spoke with a uh, an official in the the Democratic Party because that I, I brought that up. I was like, "What's going on?" Mm -hmm. I I had to go on because I mean I. I did not want to get purged because I got purged in 16. Luckily, I was able to re-register in time, mm -hmm. but I did not want that to happen. So I was constantly checking on GoVoteTN.com, okay. making sure that my voter registration was up to date. GoVoteTN.com. It was up until like a couple of weeks ago that I saw that my polling place had changed from the McMinn County Courthouse to uh, the McMinn County School, uh, the Board of Education building. It was over by the, the Food City, a block and a half, two blocks away, but it was different. Okay, that was the first time that I'd ever had to vote there, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a polling station before. 
the reason why and I, I reached out to a, a representative was uh, obviously COVID. There were there's, there's a bigger space so people could be separated. But then I asked, I was like, well, why did nobody let us know? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why weren't we informed? The answer that I got was things were mailed out, that mailers were sent out letting people know what that the, the polling place had changed. But I'll be honest, me and at least one other person that I spoke with said that we had never received a mailer for that. And I'm sorry, but that, that to me speaks extreme. Like it reeks of voter suppression. Yeah. It reeks of it. And I mean, I understand the pandemic has taken a toll on a lot of different things and it's made people have to make changes on the fly, but that still doesn't explain why there couldn't have been two, three, four signs, one at each corner of the courthouse saying the polling place has changed. Go here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that that's it's it goes back to what there, Alex there's was not saying. enough that was being done. Right. There was a lot more that could have been done for people to know that's it. Where where to go vote. There you go. And I would and you know, anybody that's listening that may have had issues with their polling it, places. We'd love to hear your we'd story. We'd love to hear your story. Please, Did yeah. you get any information in the Something mail? Something super interesting that we experienced yesterday. We went to the courthouse, um, and there were uh, Shelly, uh, I forgot his last name, but great guy. He was um, taking people who are currently COVID positive, and he was in full gear taking their ballots and running them in and running the ballots for them. Um, which is amazing. Yeah, which, which ev- is, everyone deserved to be able to vote. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I heard a lot of, we. well, one thing I'd like to bring up is about um, a fellow that we talked to yesterday. Um, oh. And we had a uh, very interesting conversation. Uh, he was very he, interesting he, fellow. He didn't want to be um, filmed, but we, yeah. uh, I, th- we, we I think we yeah, can talk about Unfortunately, we the, weren't able to get him recorded, but... But uh, I think talking about the conversation is going to be just as good as um, actually Yeah, I mean, it. it's a good anecdote to be able to put out kind of the experiences that we were... The, the reception that we were getting uh, yeah. going out. And, that, and we only went around our county, which is McMinn County here in yep. Tennessee. Uh, we started the day, uh, me and Julius and Rob, we all met up at the Etowah Community Center and that did not go the way that we thought it was going to go. Reconvened later at the uh, county board and that was some of the best uh, responses that we could have gotten when we were out there. Took a ride over to Ingleside, spoke with Mr. Curtis. Yeah. Again, congratulations. Uh, just to set the scene for you, um, yeah. I was also playing my trumpet pretty much the whole time. Oh, yeah. No, we're definitely <laughs> we're definitely going to be uploading all these videos over the next few weeks, letting everybody kind of see what our shenanigans were. That way we can kind of, everyone can kind of see the, the turnout. And also, I mean, it, it was it was a good experience. Yeah. It was really nice to be able to, to talk to people in the county, regardless of their politics. Yeah, we, we talked we talk they... to a, a multitude of different um, backgrounds mm-hmm. and, uh, and people who we talked to Trump supporters. We talked to um, Biden, Biden supporters. Um, we, uh, we talked to some. I don't know if we filmed any of it. I talked to several uh, Kanye West uh, supporters. <laughs> nice. Um, Spoken to a few of those today. Yeah, which is interesting. 10,000 votes for Kanye West in Tennessee. Wild. Wild. Uh, how is Kanye doing right now? Everybody I'm, checked on Kanye? I'm his sure wife just turned 40, and they had a, a big party on a private island. Wow. Kim K is 40? She's 40. Oh. Yeah. Also, Kim K is uh, way smarter than anyone gives her credit for. Well, I saw her reading a book on uh, molecular biology. Nice. Yeah. She gave- <laughs> 
No, I, I'm no all, she I'm actually, she actually is really. She's smart. Much she's, more she's, deep she's, than she's, I think she's she is. She's mostly self-made. I mean, no, she, I mean that, that's incredible. The what she has built, that is awesome. I mean, yeah. like, I, I have no Why idea how Kanye? they did. That's what I don't get. Yeah, I've never understood the Kanye thing. Hey man, Kanye, as much as people want to not like him as a person. Musically, yeah, but you don't marry a man for his music. You marry him for who he is as a person. That's hey, what I'm saying. How do you live with that? It, uh, okay, so back, good. back to this conversation. So good. That we, um, the fellow that, in particular, that we talked to, um, he had some uh, some different viewpoints than all of us. Uh, but really, the whole point of this podcast is to be able to have these conversations mm-hmm. um, and not shy away from them. Which, uh, you know, I, I didn't agree with most of the things he said, but he did stay there and talk to us. For, for a different person, it would have been extremely easy for, for them to just walk away or, or get angry or get mad or start screaming. But it, that, that's the point of what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it, it, we need to have those conversations. And they're tough. They're hard. They're, they're oh, they cringy on the inside. You just mm-hmm. want to be anywhere but there. But yeah. the the admirable the admirable thing is to stay there and continue having that conversation, even if you don't want to, even if it's hard. But that goes back to what Alice was saying in the beginning about being, you know, educated and informed on the situation. Because a lot of people shy away from the conversation because they aren't educated about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. they don't know what to say when mm-hmm. you ask them why you voted for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've seen that several times where somebody doesn't even know. They don't even know the answer to why they're voting for and Trump. That, that's whatever. respect Sad. that. No, we have to respect that because that is that person as an individual. Whatever it is that they saw in, listen, what's the guy's name from, he did some Marvel movie and it's it got a little bear in it or something. Like across the galaxy or galaxy. galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. You didn't know Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians got a of the little galaxy. bear. Oh, yeah. Rocket it's a raccoon. raccoon. Oh, it's a Rocky raccoon. Rocky, Rocky American raccoon. tradition. What is the guy's name in the show? In Chris the Pratt. Chris Pratt. He has recently come out as a well-known and love and boot-looking Trump supporter. What? So the well, idea, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's been a yes. thing. Oh, it's been I a thing. have no idea. That's heartbreaking right now. It's it's heartbreaking, right? But that's the idea, Did right? Did you see Little Wayne? Um, yeah, yeah. He Pump, he, he was only Pump. following one person on uh, on social media. It was his girlfriend. And today he comes out, he's following zero people because he's a Trump supporter, and she left him because of it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the and idea. Ain't that too bad for you, little Tunchy? That, and that sucks, right? <laughs> sure, he has tons to pick from. Yeah. But the idea is that people latch on to, you know, a source of inspiration from an individual that they don't know anything about. And so when, you know, people grow up, we talked about this already, kind of like when people grow up and they have this nostalgia attached onto these ideas. A lot of the times, these the ideas are not rooted in an educated thought or an informed thought. Yeah, it's a lot of conjecture. Uh, it's just people's gut feeling. People like to, to mm-hmm. vote with their gut. Mm-hmm. And while I understand mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you also got to understand the politicians, their job yeah. is to put a front on. Yeah. Is to make you believe what they're saying. Right. That's that's the politics for right. you. I mean, e- on either side, that's that's what the job is. And no, their job is to tell us the truth. Oh, it's just that they've no. made it a point to make sure the politicians don't well, do their jobs. I, in an ideal world, that would be their job. Yeah. In 2020, their job is to make you want them, you yeah. know, and to make you want them by any means necessary. Yeah. 
they will tell you whatever. Well, you know? but you have to be able to separate what they're telling you from their record, yeah. from the way that they're telling you. You have to be able to think deeper. Yeah, you have to you have to think deep. You know, you have to be able to analyze a person or a, a politician's character, their stances, what they believe in, mm -hmm. and then be able to make an informed decision from that if you can't get the information from their actual policy points. There you go. So after yesterday, so so we heard from Cody's experience or our, it was all of our experience with a specific gentleman, but you know, JP, did you have a, a personal experience at all with anybody? Who um, did I have personal experiences yesterday, man? Um, the first one that I do want to bring up before we get to the big one that don't we don't say anybody's yeah, name. The, 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 the big one that we know that we're we're talking about. I wanted to talk about uh, the the couple that came up to us, the the mother and daughter couple. Okay. Uh, okay. Couple. No, it, that's a wrong word, but right, you guys right, get right, what I'm saying. Right. Uh, the mother and daughter that Which came one? up to us at, at the final, I think. Is what the one at, when we talked to the other guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, same about location. The, the uh, Native American. Yes. Okay. okay so. Um, this woman comes up to us, very nice lady, with a super sweet daughter. Like, this is not an attack on their character in any way, because they, they were very nice people she, yeah, with us. She, she made it a point to say, I'm teaching her about about politics, teaching her to be about history. Yeah. Um, which was great, you know. Yeah, I and said, the, the, the ideal there was great. Right. The execution was poor. Yeah. Because... I, I remember we were we were talking and um, I think you had said something like oh we would love to have you on the podcast and I noticed that Julius was being oddly quiet <laughs> while she was talking to us I should have noticed it, when she she was trying to cite sources about what she was talking about she's like well look it up on Facebook yeah um, and uh, no. and Julius was not like how no. Facebook works yeah like yeah she, <laughs> Cody was like uh, yeah so we, we would love to have you on the podcast and I just see Julius out of the corner of my eye going. <laughs> just shaking his head just like just very softly just shaking his head and i mean what this woman was saying is that uh she was voting for donald trump because donald trump had uh done more for the native american community than any other president any in other president in history in she said that history. he was the first president to talk to them and, and something <laughs> it was just very uh, strange the things that she was saying she that, she claimed that donald trump was the first sitting president that actively decided against i don't know whose orders or wills or desire to go and talk to a a uh, native american reservation reservation thank you and allow them or give them the legal ability to vote for the first time ever in a, in an american election for a president well uh, we all thought that was very interesting we we're very intrigued yeah, I, by I, this i was super yeah. surprised at that and i was like hey you know this what? sounds like a bunch of bullshit yeah, well no, we, we, we were yeah, first we're, ones we're to there. go and try to find yeah i literally at, right there at source. the conversation i was like well let me let's start talking you know nothing zero yeah, we, nada. We, we went through like mm -hmm. 10 pages of google just looking nothing. for this information just typing it out i was just like there's gotta and be so, somewhere and oh. so it was it was saddening to me in retrospect after the conversation because during the conversation it was like okay great right. i appreciate what you're doing right but afterwards i was like your your heart is in the right place yeah but you're not going about it the right way right yeah. you're, you're, if, you're citing if she is things listening that, she yeah. should go back and listen to the, our and last episode about how to find credible sources exactly and she was well, she, she was, was telling, telling us to go to on look on facebook. facebook she started with facebook and then she went on to say google it 
Yeah. Um, Which she and, obviously and had not done. Exactly. Because, we, because we if she it. had we done that, then she would have found information backing up her, her no information. information. That's, the, that's the problem. Right, people or found no information. That, yeah, people think that just because they can find something on Facebook yeah. that it's, one, true, yeah. which it's not. Facebook is not a news website. Nope. It is not. It is an opinion website. The world's largest media corporate conglomerate. Com- com- conglomerate. conglomerate. Yeah. I don't even know how much they're worth right now. But too much. Too much money. I mean, Zuckerberg yeah. is, is one of the only Big three up. people to be over $100 billion in net worth. So. And there's not one dedicated source for news on this media conglomerate. Zero. Not one. Yeah, like, they've done a good job of trying to fact check things. Yeah, um, I feel like they're putting up the facade that they're yeah, trying. Yeah. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. It's I not agree. based in any type of fact or anything like that. So <laughs> it's just my gut feeling. I've seen them fact check both sides, but but you, we know the the kind of person that shares yeah. this. Uh, the, yeah. the exactly. Well, fake. okay. So there was that. That and uh, again, very lovely lady. If you are listening, which I hope that you are, you as a person, but you're fact checking, yeah. not too good. Yeah, and this is we, uh, we we want to help people. Yeah, and that, that's what we're here this. for. Right. I mean, it, we're this is. None of nothing of what we are saying today is an attack on anyone's personal character. No. Okay. It is, however, an alarm clock on where you're getting your sources and where you're getting your information. Personal morals. And it it's it it's, really, you know, personal morals brings up a very good point, Julius, because at this point in our history and the way that information has become an embedded part of our lives that it like in a way it's never been before. It it is a, now a moral issue that we do not spread misinformation or disinformation. Yeah. Misinformation is when you just make a mistake. Disinformation is when you purposefully spread things that are not true. Mm. And those two things are literally going to take down our entire union because they've separated and divided us so much by the use of just contextualizing information in different ways, telling the same story, but using inflammatory language in one of them. And in the other one, maybe using more, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, uh, Sucking up to people. There's a word, but it's not coming to me. Um, There's lots of words for that. Fanning their ego? Well, kind of. But I just mean like you you get the sympathizing side and you get the inflammatory side of every story. And it's it's just everything is meant to divide us. There's too much opinion and it needs – it's now become a moral issue. Stop spreading things that are not true. Fact check things. And if you see somebody who spreads something that is untrue, then you need to go find wherever the article is that proves that untrue thing to be – like in whatever truth it it lives in go find the article that shows what the truth is call them out and call them out but also post it five times and if if you post five times the correct information to every time you see one piece of misinformation Mm. you will flood that misinformation out and that's the only way we can do it guys i think me personally like and i I was just we we were talking about this and I'm, i'm starting to just really feel things about it um i think that right now we we, we went from like uh the di- the country has gone through different ages right we've got our revolution we've got the civil war uh the information age you know in the 90s where we got the internet we the internet came to us you know 
computers exploded. Uh, not actually, but it exploded in popularity is what <laughs> I'm saying. Y2K. Uh, yeah. I feel like right now the country is almost regressing into an age of disinformation because you don't know what would be true or what is false without having to spend all this time Got a lot of energy and energy into trying to find that out which i mean is the point of what we're doing but at the same time it shouldn't be this hard it to get the truth that's exactly okay so and, kind, of, kind of circling back the, around to the what, original what i wanted to say is that i think that this all can get rooted back to a certain point and it would be i think in the 80s with the creation of cable news yeah a 24/7 and this is this is not supposed to be an attack on CNN but it kind of is because they were the first Any one major media. a 24/7 news network is going to run out of news yeah. there's not 24 <laughs> hours of news in a day that you can con like it, right now we're just watching the exact same report a million times cuz there's nothing has happened trying to figure out nothing has happened in the last hour or so yeah and they're just filling time mm -hmm. but what do they have to fill that time with conjecture opinion yeah they they don't have any more facts to give us. But see what they could be doing instead is educating in between all of this time. No, they could, but then it wouldn't be a news network mm. or news. Haven't having uh, a show dedicated to that, but there's not twenty four hours, seven days a week of news. I would love to sit and learn about the electoral college and the first yeah, I would love if, like, the History blah, Channel was blah, actual history. And while not... I'm watching news. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I, I would sure. love if the History Channel was actual history and not Pawn Stars or Storage Wars. Yeah, you know? the History Channel. The Learning mean... Channel isn't uh, My 600-Pound Life or uh, <laughs> Big People or Little People, Small World or whatever the hell yeah, it's called. Yeah. It's like, we, we've gotten into a world where entertainment is so highly sought after and so highly valued that our news has fallen off the wayside because we need to be entertained. Oh, yeah. It, we need to hold people's attention. News stations have looked to be able to make more, more money. Like ESPN. To be able to the thing about it is they, they, they play things that we, the people, ask or want or want We are see. watching it. I mean, that's, yeah, that is our fault. We are watching it. But they put it out there. They, if they're trying to pass this as news, they have a responsibility to themselves and to their profession to make sure that it is news and not opinion. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, grassroots movements like you know, Sparking the Valley and other oh yeah, podcasts, no, exactly. That's why we exist because we, we're offering we're offering some news. Most of what we're giving is opinion. Yeah. Okay, but we can at least say we can say that we we have the yeah. the. I, I'm missing a word here. We have the uh, the foresight to be able to brand ourselves that way. We know that this is an opinion-based podcast rooted in fact. We do have facts that we spread, but it's nothing that you couldn't actually go and Google. So okay? from the days of, you know, the Electoral College, quote-unquote, working, I don't know if it ever worked. Did it work at some point? It did in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, because the, the country was smaller. I mean, like, you. So many states have been added. So many people have moved around. Like, uh, representation is so like spread out, and you can see information. Yeah, information is, is, hard, is yeah. at this point. It's not hard to come by because right. we have the internet. And right. We're all interconnected. Right. You know. Um, so but, how? Go ahead. You no, know, uh, I was just going to continue with our story from uh, the polling station that that we were at. Uh, you had asked me if we had any stories, and we kind of yeah. started with a. Uh, with the mother and daughter situation, but there is one that was a little bit more uh, 
egregious is a good word that was uh, kind of just out there. Uh, I think you and me both kind of experienced things there. Uh, is this the gentleman I brought yes, up earlier? Yes, this is the gentleman yes. that we were talking about earlier. Um, so, again, I, I didn't even get this guy's name. I just know he was at, at the polling station that we were at. Again, we'll not name the polling station because we don't want to identify him in yeah. any way. And it started out as him coming up to us and saying, I, I'm, I'm glad you guys are out here. I, I like yeah, what no, you're doing. He came um, up to us and he, he seemed like a great guy, you know? I mean, it, as far as hello is concerned. But um, <laughs> at one point we we were talking and, I mean, I, I, I remember I zoned out of the conversation for about maybe 10 seconds. And then you come back and it, you're it, like, it, it came back to me when he literally looked you straighten your eye yeah julius yeah and he said native americans have had a harder time than than the blacks, blacks. than the quote blacks Where, yeah this is an actual that, quote an actual quote yeah. native word americans have had a harder time word in this country word. than the blacks the blacks and I'm Which, not here to say that Native Americans have not had a hard time in this country because God a, knows you, that they you don't have. compare those kinds. You of don't things. you don't yeah. compare yeah. people's pain. You don't say that the Holocaust was worse than the Trail of Tears. Yeah, they were both bad. They were both really bad. They yeah. were both bad. Yeah. Now, and, um, and what is what is what point are you trying to make? Even saying that, like, exactly. He's he, basically at that point he's trying to say you should not feel bad about being black in America. Yeah. Because Native Americans had it worse. And I think that's the problem a lot of people have is that they like to... It, it's a pissing contest on who suffered the most. That's really what it is. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people like to take it that way, and it's not the case. People have suffered. And then goes on this rant talking about uh, talking about the Confederate statues never need to be taken down and all this. And we're, we're letting him know like what those statues represent. Yeah, no, he, we, were, we let him speak uh, exactly. his opinion. And, yeah. and then Julius gave a great, a, a great opinion on to... We should take these statues and put them into a museum for people like him to uh, to go appreciate it because you know we don't. There's uh, it's not appreciate in the way to admire. It's appreciate that it happened. Yeah. And we have moved on from that as a country, and we are now. And he's the one that said it. He's the one that came up with us. He said we need to remember this history so we don't repeat it. Yeah. He he said that there were mistakes made in the past. Don't believe that there should be a statue of the Grand Master of the KKK <laughs> right. in the middle of in a majority middle, minority yeah, na- or absolutely. in the middle of a minority absolutely. neighborhood. And like, you do, know? do you do we think he even believes how, and th- our opinion the, on this? The, the, mean, the yeah. thing, the thing that we that I talked about with him, or at least told him, because there was no talking about it. Yeah. But the the thing that I let, informed him of is that a lot of these statues that were put up of uh, these Confederate soldiers, generals, and stuff like that were put up during the Jim Crow era to be yeah. able to suppress black people's vote, or suppress the African-American vote, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it was put up as a sign of, you better vote, you better vote for the right person, or don't go vote, period. Yeah. You know? And so... People don't understand why, because it's been so long, and people have not, like, this part of it has not been publicized. It's just, we have some Confederate statues, don't take them down. Because I understand people have their heritage in the five, six years <laughs> of the Confederacy or whatever they want to be proud of. Yeah. And it's, I get it, I don't, but if you want to be proud of it, cool, whatever. It's, it's the way that it's, we were taught growing up. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a white guy from Tennessee. Really? Yeah, I know. I couldn't I tell, I don't see color. But uh, but you know like we're we're nice. we're taught in in school and yeah. family all kinds of things that don't really go with 
the truth. You no, know, my or... mom was taught that Robert E. Lee was like this great general who did all these other wonderful things that even though he fought for the Confederacy or whatever, that that wasn't the only thing he ever did. And like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about what else he did. He fought for the Confederacy to keep slavery alive, exactly. but she well, was taught in a different way. And so she had a hard time. Soldiers that, you know, you, you fight for where you're told to fight for. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. I'm talking about Robert E. Lee though. I'm talking about I, him I, as a general. I, I'm ta- I mean, like people here, the, the people that still fly the Confederate flag, I'm, which is wrong. I, I, I totally am not for it. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to give their perspective is mm-hmm. that their family has taught them this way. And and they they feel, it, like I said, it was only a few years. Like, that's not that's not your culture. Yeah, thank you. Know? you. Oh, it's, thank uh, you. You're, there's been so much more time gone over. Like yeah. that, And then this one thing that represents so much hate to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It, just, Why would you choose that to be your culture? Like, yeah. that's what I don't understand. Like not, they don't like being told what to do. That's and one thing. One thing that I do want to go ahead and say, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, Mississippi voted to change their state flag okay. as well. Is that the one that but had the Confederate it had It had the Confederate battle flag mm-hmm. in, like, the corner of it, mm-hmm. and it's finally the last flag with the Confederate emblem on it to be voted out. Wow. They have now since voted in a new flag. It's gone. Congratulations. So and le- legalized medical marijuana. So Mississippi is just getting it. Getting it. We've got Oregon decriminalizing drug possession. I remember the first time possession. I went to Mississippi. I, we, went to, we stopped at a, uh, like a, like one of those little, like a, like a golden corral. Walked through the doors. Oh, it was an all-black choir, by the way, from Alabama. Uh, Lost State Community College. Mm-hmm. We walked through the doors of Golden Crow, the first thing we see is like a like a mural to like three Confederate so I don't know, generals or something. Oh, wow. And on both sides of the doors, Golden Corral in Mississippi, Confederate flags. Damn. You walk through that mug and the first thing you see is two Confederate flags left and right of the door. And you turn around and you walk right back out. It was the middle of the, <laughs> out of the middle of the night and we were headed back. We were starving. We we're like, sure. But they treated us like normal people. Yeah. Treated us like they were like, hey, come well, on. You know why? Yeah. Because you were paying. Yeah. That's all they want. Uh, That's all they want. A, a point that I want to make is that. Just because you fly the Confederate flag does not mean that that's what that represents to you. Yeah. It doesn't represent hate to a lot of people yeah. that, that uh, support but the flag. The, the problem is that the symbol itself I know, represents I, what it represents. And, mm-hmm. like, I get it. You know, like, I mean, I I, I know people that had uh, Confederate flags in their room. Great people, you know? Yeah. I know, I know it, black people that are, very so, much, they have the I, Confederate flag tattooed on them. Yeah. Which is it's intense. To me. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, back to this story. We'll get, we'll finish getting to it eventually. <laughs> but uh, there's just so much that's going on right now. So well, there was so mind. much that happened in this one conversation. Yeah, so much that happened in this one conversation that One thing I wanted off. to bring up in it is, uh, like, I, I, did, I didn't want to think that this guy was full of hate. I wanted to think that he was full of uh, misinformation. Mm. Um, mm. And but then, then, but then, but then, the thing he said to you, JP, it was egregious. It it made me uncomfortable. If and, uh, if you guys have followed me on social media, uh, my name on social media, social media, social media. Uh, my name is Jean Pierre Vasquez. You follow me on social media. Throw your hate tweets at me or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, I posted something yesterday. It got some attention. You know, a lot of friends commented on there and stuff. But this is basically what happened. So. 
We're standing at this polling station. I am dressed like a Confederate, or not Confederate, I'm, I'm like a revolutionary patriot or another. Me and Cody both, we've got our powdered wigs on, I've got a hat, we've got the whole getup, you know? We're just out there to try and get people excited about voting. This guy comes up to us, he's talking and everything, and we already know kind of where this conversation is going, but then this was said to me. This guy looked me square in the eye and said, people from Central and South America should have never been allowed to come into this country. It was one of the biggest mistakes that we could have ever made because those people took our jobs from hardworking Americans. And I said, now, sir, those jobs are still there. You now, now let's, right let's now say, let's say, okay, now let's say, stereotypically, what he's talking about is our farming and agriculture jobs around the border of the United States. Okay. Which have lost which, a uh, lot of labor. Which most white people do not want to do. Yeah. Because, and you know it's why? A, it's a horrible job. the illegal immigrants that come from Central and South America, granted, illegal immigrants, and I understand that is not good, but they come here to try and make a little bit, and I, I will say a little bit of money. These people are working for basically what you could equate to slave wages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Picking, oh, yeah. picking yeah. vegetables, oh, fruit. And, and all they with do, no protection with absolutely no yeah. protection you know these people literally if if the if their like employer employer <laughs> wants to come and just beat them up they can't go talk to the police yeah there's be, no, for there's fear no. of being extradited and then they lose being able to feed their family back in their home country there's no hr and, there and there's no hr exactly the, the, but, what he was saying yeah. was not necessarily he said people should not have been allowed to come here. Yeah, not people should people not have should not have legally come here. Yeah, people should those people should not have been allowed to come here. And I looked at him, I was like, and, and I had been quiet through this whole time mm. because I, I I I could feel the anger bubbling up because I knew that this guy was just speaking from a place of hate at this point. Yeah, before it was misinformation, like Cody said. At this point, it was a place of hate. Yeah, I had I had kept the blacks quiet. did it for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I, I really uh, going yeah. back to uh, a couple episodes ago. I, I felt my white privilege talking to this guy. Um, yeah, because uh, he he didn't have anything to say about the white folk. Uh, like he was. Yeah. So when I was in there with JP and with Julius, I felt. I don't know exactly how I felt, but I felt something that I had not felt um, very often. Very interesting. Th this this guy was just the the way he looked at me when I told him, I was like, "Excuse me, sir," I, and like I cut in as soon as he said that. I was like, "Yeah, excuse me, sir." With all due respect, mm -hmm. my family is from Central and South America, which is true. My mother was from South or from Central America, and my dad was from is from uh, South America. I was born here in the States. I am a legal citizen. I was born here. I was born in New Jersey. I'll show you my long form certificate if you want, dude. But uh, it's like, I feel more American than this man could ever be. Yeah. My family struggled mm -hmm. to come here. I could tell you my dad's story of how he got to the United States, mm -hmm. how he got across the entire country from Los Angeles to New York, how he met my wow. mom, how they decided that New Jersey wasn't as good a place to raise a child as it could be moved down here and i've basically been raised in tennessee my entire life wow northern central and south america i'm more american than this guy could ever possibly hope to be mm. and i'm mm. out there dressed like a revolutionary right, like right, patriot right. trying to just get people to vote and this guy looks at me in my face and says that i 
should never have been allowed to be here. The audacity. I'm sorry. Like, I don't like to curse on this show, but how fucking dare you, dude? How fucking dare you? Mm. To Agreed. look me in my eye and say that stuff? Yeah. Like, that's not American. It's not American. It's not American. Yeah. It's not it's not patriotic. And I know and I know that our show is not about broadcasting hate because I, I don't hate you. I pity you, sir. I really do. The 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 way that you can act toward other people that way. And I wish that I would have been able to vocalize that at the time. But it it's exhausting it, to walk around with that much hate in you, and it's exhausting to have to be the person on the other side of it as well. The the fact that you and me, Julius, were able to still continue this conversation with this guy and not, not start screaming, mm-hmm. not cursing, mm-hmm. we were able to have a calm and collected conversation. By the time that we walked away... We were finished. As soon as we were done with this conversation, we were going to leave anyway. Yeah. But we started packing up and everything, and that guy walks off and does whatever he's supposed to be doing. I uh, I can't remember. I, I wish I'd have gotten her name. She was a lovely lady. She comes up to us and says, thank you so much for having that conversation with him. Mm-hmm. I know that it wasn't easy, mm-hmm. and it didn't look it at all, mm-hmm. but thank you for having that conversation. Yeah. That, to me, made me proud to be an American. Mm-hmm. That is the type of conversation that we need to be having in this country. I do not agree with that guy. It could have been easy for me to rear back and punch him in the face. It would have been extremely easy. But that's not what we do. Because we are American. I am just as much American as this guy is. Regardless of what I said earlier. Yeah. I am just as much American as he is. We are both registered voters. Hopefully. I don't know what this guy does. But (laughs) we both have rights. And we both have our right to our own opinion. Yeah. We have to have that conversation. We have to be able to be civil because civility is what this country needs right now. We're looking at we're looking at election coverage right now, and we've got angry people on both sides, confused, scared people on both sides. But we have to be able to dial back our emotions, dial back that hatred, dial back all of the negativity that we've got right now, and see that there are Americans on both sides. There are the 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 red side, the blue side, the side that's in the middle, all sides. Mm-hmm. That's where all sides matter because we're all American and we all matter. So when somebody, you know, next time somebody talks to you and you're having a conversation, they say, oh, just go vote. Continue that dialogue. Continue to have want that desire to to really understand where that person is coming from when they say go vote. It's more than just go vote. Go have the conversation. I think this is a this would be a good time to share some of our other interviews um, that we've had. Um, a lot of them went way better than that one. Um, <laughs> a lot of them were recorded. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't record um, But I, 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 JP, I think your testimony to that conversation is more powerful than actually listening to it. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. It was definitely a powerful moment. I'm, I'm not going to lie. When we were driving away, I got a little, I got a little teary-eyed. Because, I mean, it was really, it was that, that lady walking up to us and telling us thank you. Yeah. That 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 warmed my heart because There's, I knew I mean like and this, this is a little bit of the behind the scenes I I mean I, I I've gone and we've all we've all had a, a 2020 uh, I lost my mom uh, back in May and uh, I it's been tough and I know that that conversation is the one that she would have had to yeah 
and I, I'm glad that we were able to have it. I'm glad that someone was able to witness it and call it out and say thank you. Yeah. Because I, I, I really feel like I made my family proud that day. There were a lot of people who weren't directly in the conversation or even watching, but it was impossible to not hear it. It was impossible to not be in that moment. And so, you know, none of us were doing it uh, for the appreciation of anybody out there. We were doing it because we know it's our mission. But when, as JP is saying, when that person came up to say thank you, you know, it almost was an acknowledgement in the hearts of a lot of people that were out there, not just her. Mm -hmm. You know, that, 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 that they heard the struggle through the conversation and they, she was saying thank you was the fact that we stayed. Exactly. And we didn't say, let's pull you to the side and have this conversation. No. We had it in the middle of everybody. A civil war begins when people fail to be civil. We, we would have a failure to communicate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we have to be able to find that middle ground. And even if we don't have it, because I don't think that I share any middle ground with this gentleman. Mm -hmm. But the conversation that I was having wasn't just directed to him. It was directed to everyone that felt like him. And everybody that was listening. And everyone that was listening around yeah. them. And her coming up to us made it worth it. Yeah. Because I knew that while I may not have changed her mind on anything, she realized that there were people that were willing to have these difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is what Spark in the Valley is about. I'd say the common ground was with him was our ability to actually civil. But he was civil. Like he yeah. said some egregious things. He did not walk away. He, he, did, did, he didn't yell, raise he his did. voice. We yeah. had this conversation, yeah. and it was and, awesome, and it was it was worth having. Yeah. So, um, so I, yeah, I, was, I think we should definitely let's listen yeah, to some of these interviews. Check that out. Yeah. This is Cody with Spark in the Valley. I've got Jan here, who is uh, an important member of our community. Um, she's involved in the Arts Center, um, and I'll let her tell a little more about her. But um, the question I have today is, uh, what issue or issues are most important to you this election, and why? Cody, there are so many issues in this election that are heartfelt, so important. Primarily, I think, um, the preservation of our democracy, and uh, the way our government has functioned for so long. I'm 67 years old. I do admit I'm a lifelong Democrat, and I'm very proud of that. But uh, to have the structures of government restored, um, I'm concerned about our Social Security system. I'm concerned about um, national health care or health care being provided to all people. So many issues. And um, the restoration of the dignity and calm and peace in our nation. That's what I hope for primarily. Thank you so much. Uh, everyone's um, opinion and perspective is valid and we appreciate that so much. Hey everyone, I'm here with Daniel uh, and I have a couple of quick questions, Daniel. First, what issues are most important to you in this election season and why? Um, I think what I'm most concerned about is the um, our relationship with China in regards to China and kind of what's going on um, there with them um, I guess the human rights violations the, the it's pretty bad and then also them kind of uh, seeming like they're um, I guess trying to get into our politics it seems like more and more they're trying to get kind of more involved in our politics through our through our media and uh, a lot of our uh, businesses that they own I guess like corporations and stuff like that but um, I guess that's probably my biggest uh, concern right now is, is uh, China. 
Okay, well, I appreciate that answer. Thank you. Now, a follow-up to that is with you and your uh, belief in the relationship that we need to upkeep with China, um, how do you feel about, about the, the current, current state of our union? Um, honestly, it feels a little uh, uh, divided, um, state of our union, I guess. Um, it seems like there's definitely two ideologies, um, and they've both been kind of you know, now they could kind of intermingle, it seemed like, but it's it's almost as if they've been, um, whether intentionally or not, or they've just grown that way, um, they've become more and more, more uh, separated. Exactly, yeah. So, um, I don't know. We're all Americans. I think at the end of the day, nobody wants to, or I say nobody, I, I think the majority of Americans don't want to uh, fight each other and things like that, and we want peace and love and all that stuff. So, um I think honestly we'll get through it. I just think it's a, it's a, it's just one of those times, you know. It's it, a very important moment in history, I guess. So that's why we feel this way, you know. Um, but I guess that's all, all I had to say. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it definitely harkens back to a conversation that we had on last week's episode of our podcast, where we had talked about the growing divide between the two peaks of the parties. You've got the far right, the far left, and there's really very little middle ground. So I do appreciate your answer. Thank you so much for your time, Daniel, and I appreciate you coming out and give, get, giving everyone your vote. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. This is Cody with Spark in the Valley. Uh, you were the first time voter, Max. Max, what was it like to vote for the first time? Uh, it was actually really exciting. Always, I've always wanted to vote as a kid. You know, we would all go out as a family. We go to the courthouse. My parents would vote. My brother would vote, and it was always something that I wanted to do. And finally, getting the first chance was really incredible. To be able to exercise that right to vote, it's really important, and it just makes me really excited to be able to get the chance to do that. When we had our city council, um, were you? Um, did you look up any of those candidates, or was this mostly a presidential candidate uh, vote for you? No, I, I wanted to go the full way. I, w I wanted to vote on everything because, you know, it's not just about, you know, who's going to be president. It's important, yes, and that, I feel like, was, you know, your main big thing that everybody sees. But the local elections, they're just as important. Yeah. And I think that really when you go into this and from my perspective I wanted to use all of the opportunities I had to go for you know all of them at once because it's 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 important yeah and sometimes our local elections we have more power because we live in a red state so like it's scary like our electoral college is probably going to go towards red and so with your local elections it feels like oh, okay this is my power yeah you know like this is where i have my power where, where so local elections is really where your vote is going to be heard the most yes um and it's where um you know these people are representing you as from where we are yeah so thank you so much for voting today and thank you for being on the show thank you no problem this is Cody with Spark in the Valley. Um, I'm here with uh, Steve, who is a uh, first-time Tennessee voter. Yes, sir. Um, well, Steve, uh, in this election, what were some issues that are important to you? Well, with the whole, um, let's see, the with the Democrats, they, you know, they're so, like, on the left now. You know, like, their whole, their running is, you know, they want to open borders and do all this other stuff. And, I mean, it's kind of, 
I, I, I just don't understand. Like Trump's done so much for this country that they won't let you know about. They don't put it on the media. The media is completely against them. You know what I mean? Like literally almost every mainstream media, there's, they never say nothing good about him. And it's literally, if you think about it, the people that are after him are the people that he's been going after. You know, he said he's going to drain the swamp, and that's what he started doing. And then, if you notice, they came after him hard. You know what I mean? And it's just like um, they want to pack the Supreme Court. They will not deny that. They won't say they're not going to do it, but that's what they're talking about doing. Um, it's they're they're trying to change America. Period. From what America is, and I don't want it. <laughs> I want to be America, what it is, and down to our morals and what we believe in as a country, not with all these people from other countries are coming over here trying to change things that we're not. You know what I mean? And honestly, they're trying to go socialist, which you can look at any socialist country out there, and it never works. You know what I mean? Like, the money's going to run out sooner or later, period. And that's why I'm voting. And that's what's important to me is, you know, like, I want America be America, period. Yeah. Yeah. We, we appreciate every perspective, so I appreciate oh, yeah. you giving us your time. That's what I said. Me and you, you know, we've talked a lot, yeah. you know what I mean? So, but um, like I said, we've never gotten a big argument or like that. We, we get on with yeah. each other. We, we, I mean? but, we, we spark a conversation every yeah. time we talk, which is go. the point. Yep. Hey, everybody, it's JP again, um, here covering election night 2020. It's been a very eventful day so far. We're wrapping it up with some election coverage. Uh, we're at TWU asking a few questions. I've got Miranda here with me. Uh, Miranda, first question that I've got for you. Uh, with this current election this year, what was your what, what are some issues that were really important to you that you that you wanted to make sure were addressed? I think my biggest issues were definitely LGBTQ issues. I mean, we had some significant, incredible Supreme Court cases that were ruled on this past summer, but with the passing of RBG and, of course, the introduction um, of the new justice, I was very concerned of LGBTQ rights. Um, actually, tomorrow the Supreme Court is going to hear a case about LGBTQ adoption for a Catholic service uh, adoption agency, and I'm really nervous about that. But um, along with LGBTQ issues, I think the biggest thing for me is healthcare. Um, as someone who has a few uh, chronic illnesses, I was very nervous as to what um, the healthcare system was going to look like and if the Obamacare was going to be repealed. But I'm hopeful that if things go right tonight, then maybe my rights won't be taken away tonight, um, but at least for all Americans especially, that there's access to health care and access to affordable health care, most importantly. It's definitely important. Uh, for a long time, I mean, people, people around here, it, insurance isn't guaranteed for you. You know, some people are stuck paying these exorbitant out-of-pocket costs, and so yeah, I, I can totally understand healthcare being an important issue. Now, going off of that, we've had a lot of stuff going on in the country in the past few years. A lot of just tumultuous stuff, to put it lightly. Uh, how do you personally feel about the state of our union? I don't think the state of our union has ever experienced anything other than division. I think that we have just adapted to it and it's changed its form and changed different masks. Um, I think it's incredible that a lot of the systematic racism and systematic issues within our criminal justice system, our healthcare system, and especially within our government are coming to light and that people are, you know, retaking their power and coming to the streets again. Um, as someone who was able to study what happened in Ferguson, as well as the aftermath of that, um, it's incredible to see that 
people everywhere, and it's not just in centralized locations, are coming out and um, you know marching for actual change. Like it's not just oh these systems need you know a little bit of different reform or we need some more trainings. No, it's let's wipe it, let's start again, and let's work together. Um, and I think it's been very promising, as well as the new generation coming in, um, seeing their spunk has been just. <laughs> amazing to witness um, and on, honestly a little scary but I definitely respect it and I'm excited to see young people get involved in politics and young people are informed about climate change and willing to make a difference and put those issues at use and at the forefront of everything because even if we have great election results tonight if we don't do anything for our environment starting tomorrow then no one has really a prayer of any kind of democracy or a world for the next generation. Agreed. Very, very good answer. I love that answer. Now, uh, moving on to what we've got going on tonight. So obviously tonight, election night, it's a big hot button topic. I mean, it's everywhere on social media. Google is just going crazy right now. Uh, we've seen a lot of really surprising things happening so far. Granted, the night is far from over, but what is one of the biggest surprises that you've seen so far? Oh man, Texas has just been insane to wit. Like, I I knew that it was always a purple and battleground state more than it was given credit for, but seeing the turnout before even election day has just been insane to witness and seeing it not only go blue is I think really a testament to the work they've been doing out in Texas as well as a testament for new voters, for voters who have always thought that, well, Texas is always red, so there's no chance or no reason for me to vote. And now they're saying, I'm going to go out and vote and see what happens. And we're seeing that participation really now go. As well as in South Carolina, Jamie Harrison has ran an incredible campaign. And um, it has been awesome to watch it and see him really take down Lindsey Graham, not only as an incumbent, but with grassroots campaign, not taking any big corporate money, but going door to door going with different people who have lived in South Carolina their whole lives to see a new vision for South Carolina. It's, South Carolina and Texas so far have surprised me. I mean, as of, we, as of us starting this, I think the last I had seen was about 47% of turnout in Texas had resulted in about a 50% pro projected victory for Joe Biden, which, I mean, in my lifetime, I mean, that's never been a thing. I think we saw earlier today, we had done some research, and the last time that Texas ever voted for a Democratic nominee for president was when they elected Jimmy Carter in 1976. So it's been, I mean, basically since since the mid-'80s that Texas has not elected anyone Democrat. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know any Trekkies out there, but Star Trek The Next Generation's last episode was the last time that Texas was ever like, even considering something like that. It, it, it's, it, no, I, I definitely think we should bring back Star Trek, but uh, I really appreciate you coming onto the show tonight. I know that you're a, a new, uh, how, how do we say, uh, not immigrant, but <laughs> you, a new resident of Athens. Uh, we appreciate you coming onto the show. I really appreciate your, uh, your insight uh, for Spark in the Valley after dark. This is JP. I got Blake here. Uh, me and Blake did a musical last year together, uh, Adam's Family Musical. So much fun. Um, yeah, here in Athens, we have a we have a wonderful arts community. Um, but we're here at the college, and um, I just got a couple questions with you. Um, first, uh, uh, what was your key issues this year? Issue or issues 
um, in this election and why? Um, so a lot of the issues that I partake or have a lot of focus for tend to be human rights issues. Um, specifically with LGBTQ plus rights to continue to get married and to also have the ability to not be discriminated when it comes to housing or jobs. And then I think Black Lives Matter, I think that there is a serious epidemic and that is violence and crimes against people of color and people of minorities, especially of race. And I think that's especially big issue, especially in the past couple of months. And I think that's something that we need to approach and try to reform how we approach these issues. Um, okay, and next, uh, what uh, what do you feel is the, um, how is the state of our union? Um, um, quite frankly, I think it's a mess. There's a lot of divisiveness between people, and I think it's a hard year to try to come together, especially on such an important night like election night, like tonight, um, because politics have become so polarizing between people and it's hard to get along with people who refuse to listen to each other. And that, that honestly goes for both sides, even though I tend to lean more left. Um, but everything is so polarized that it's hard to agree with other people. And it's hard to be able to open your mind and listen very well to people with different arguments or different facts. So I think that's like a big issue. So I really think right now it's a mess. And so we all need to put in work equally to come together to overcome all these hurdles together as a nation instead of separating apart. I would 100% agree with you. We, our, our purpose with this podcast is to be able to talk to everyone and have a conversation because that's the only way that we're going to come together as a country and, and make it better yeah. by, by being able to talk with one another. Regardless of where, what your views are, you can talk to someone and you can, be, you can even be offended by their opinion, but you can still have that conversation with yeah. them. And as long as you both are listening to each other, we can really come together because we have so much more in common yeah. than people give Americans credit for. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for being a part of this. Yeah, and no um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. You too. Hi, this is Cody with Spark in the Valley here with Jordan Curtis, who is currently running for Athens City Council. Um, he's been gracious enough to give us some of his time to talk about some issues and um, so Jordan, what, uh, what sparked your interest into uh, running for city council? Yeah. Hey Cody, thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on today. Appreciate all you're doing today to just kind of make this a fun day of, uh, about getting people out to vote. Um, so this is, this is my second time running for city council. I ran four years ago. There were five candidates and I finished dead last. Oh. And, um, that was a great experience, you know, getting out there the first time, running, kind of setting an expectation. Uh, but when I ran four years ago in one of the forums we had, you know, I kind of was asked if I didn't win what I would do. And I said, I'm, you know, this is just another opportunity for service. Uh, whether I win or lose, I'm going to, I want to serve the community in any way I can. And I said, I I'm going to commit to serving in, and plug in, in in whatever way my talents are helpful. And I, and I did that, and I cast a wider net, got involved in a lot of different organizations in the community, and uh, then decided to run again this time. But um, I think, uh, you know, it's all about looking to the future. My daughter is 14, and the, the, the reason that I'm running really is because I want Athens to be a place that she's comfortable to live in a nice home, have a good job, 
um, have good health care, you know, all those sort of things. So that, that was really my prim- primary uh, motivation. You know, another thing, too, is we, um, we kind of had a little bit of a, uh, to, to me, it was kind of a tipping point last year with passing a sales tax referendum uh, for, a, for a school building project. And that vote passed. And it was very exciting because that kind of showed that the public was ready to move forward with that kind of investment in education. And so a lot of why I'm running is to kind of see that dream all the way to reality. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be building a new school building. Groundbreaking is in December. So I'm excited to have the opportunity to serve on the city council and kind of shepherd and see what that's going to do uh, for our community as a whole. I mean, I think we're going to start attracting a lot more young families and retaining them once we get that school built but there we just we have a lot going on in this area uh and 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 a final comment i'll make i want to demonstrate and show people um that we're a town ready to be led by youthful uh thoughtful people um and you know we we just have so much momentum right now and i'm really excited about the tangible things that could be done in in a four-year term that's great yeah thanks cody yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that's one of the reasons we started to do this podcast because mm-hmm. we, we we feel like uh, this area is has a, has a lot of potential to do a lot of great things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the the in the political climate right now, the the younger crowd is really mm-hmm. um, interested and and motivated. Yes. And I think if we can all work together, I think we can be great. I think, so, uh, I think JP's got a couple questions for you. Great. Yeah, so. Hey everyone, it's JP again. I just wanted to ask you, Jordan, for somebody that isn't uh, as well-informed in some of the aspects, like uh, some of the people that may be out voting. Could you just briefly explain to us what exactly the city council is responsible Mm -hmm, for? mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, Really, I like to tell people this: a city is is really a service provider. Uh, It's it's, uh, essentially a corporation that provides a service that really no one else could for the cost. Uh, So, you know, you think about uh, you know, uh, the county is really dealing with the state government. So the, the, when you're dealing with the county offices, you're dealing really directly with the state. The city, you know, many years ago, people in Athens said, we want to provide a little bit higher level of service than the base that's provided by the county. You know, we want garbage pickup, a different school system, uh, different parks, those sort of things. So the city council is the board of directors for that corporation, if you will. Um, so there, there's that's kind of a bare bones, you know, setting the budget, making sure, you know, I like to tell people, um, if your garbage doesn't get picked up a few times, you're going to notice. But if it gets picked up every week, you're probably not going to notice. So it's making sure that, that those day-in, day-out things that the city does, that, that, uh, that the city has the resources to provide the services that the citizens expect, um, but, you know, I think over and above that, I think the city council needs to be setting the vision uh, that's executed by the city staff day to day. So wh- where are we going? Where do we need to be going? I think about housing. Um, you know, we, uh, we need more uh, housing for younger folks in Athens. We need to think about how do we get investment from a developer into a multifamily um, a new nice market rate housing uh, apartment complex, th- those kind of things. So, you know, th- I would submit that 
you know, the city council is to make sure all those day-in, day-out things are done, but we need to be looking toward what kind of city do we need to be building for the next 30, 40 years, kind of set that vision and long-term planning, and, uh, and then give the city, city staff the latitude to go out and get it, get it done and execute the play. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, one last question that I've got, um, my, me personally, I'm mm-hmm. about to be 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the, as long as I've lived in Athens, which has basically been almost all my life, there's really never been anything for younger, uh, for a younger crowd to do. Uh, we always having to go to like a larger city like Cleveland, Knoxville, Chattanooga, just to be able to vent, get some energy out. Sure. What ideas would you have to be able to bring to the table to make Athens a more attractive city for youthful people? You know, th- this is uh, th- this doesn't fully answer your question. But I think one thing we've got to do, and again, it's not all about dining and shopping, but I think that it is a lot about dining and shopping. Um, The city about three years ago entered into a contract with a firm called Retail Strategies, Mm -hmm. uh, which really just serves as a a conduit to kind of connect the dots between cities that they work with and different uh, retail establishments, restaurants, so on and so forth. Uh, to it really g- gives you access to kind of market your city to people that are looking for expansion. So I think uh, we we have seen some results from from that work, uh, but I think we've got to keep working day in and day out uh, to market ourselves to um, you know to to different restaurants and stores and things that are looking to expand and maybe look at our at, at our area. I think that's one thing that kind of captures a younger crowd if there's more places to to do that. Um, it's definitely always going to be of concern in a small town, and I and I agree with you. But but I would sort of counter that with, you somewhat have to really get out and find um, the thing because there really are a lot of things to do around town. You may just not think about them. Um, well, let's think about Eureka Trail. Uh, we got the Eureka Trail. Uh, we've got the Living Heritage Museum. We've got Mayfield Dairy. Uh, we've got the Art Center. We've, we've got a lot of different things in town uh, to, to get involved with that we sometimes may not think about. Um, but, you know, certainly it's, it's always going to be something we're going to have to work toward uh, in, in, a, in a smaller community, uh, finding more things for young folks. But, you know, and, and I, again, I agree with you, but I think maybe we, uh, maybe we just have to keep reminding ourselves and talking about of, of all the things that we, that we do have and can be proud of around town. That's a perfect answer. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for that, Jordan. Uh, For Spark in the Valley, this is JP and Cody Hensley, and we will talk to you here soon. All right. Well, we're back. Those are some very interesting conversations. Uh, We really want to say thank you to Mr. Jordan Curtis for taking his time and talking with us. Uh, We also spoke with a number of other Athenians in the friendly city. I also want to congratulate Frances on her win. Yes, yes. Um, her voice was going out when we talked to her, so she she didn't want to um, have a long conversation. But I, I think we'll get her on the show soon. Hopefully, uh, Jordan had said that he'd love to get both of them. Yeah, um, she, she had said that she had heard of us. So yeah, that was a nice. We definitely little... appreciate all of our followers. Yeah. Uh, sharing all of our different content that we've been posting. Yes, thank social media. you. Uh, once again, I do want thank to remind uh, our listeners, our, uh, what are we calling them? Uh, valley dwellers? Sparklers. Sparklers. I love sparklers. <laughs> <laughs> the valley right. boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, 
we'd really do appreciate the turnout that we've had on social media. Yes. But if you are listening to us and have not yet followed us on social media, please, uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram please. at Spark in the Valley. Please, just like that, Spark in the Valley. Spark We're gonna get that Twitter going. We'll get that Twitter going eventually. What What should we do on Twitter? Every th- Every I episode, think, <laughs> I'm gonna ask. I think we should uh, just link it up with one of the other ones, so we don't have to do it. Actually, do it. Yeah, <laughs> just like post directly to it. What should we do on our Twitter, Sparklers? But yeah, follow us on all social media. Uh, Again, we do want to remind you, wherever you are listening to us, whether it's uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. uh, You think Trump will be looking for a job soon? We can get him to tweet for us. Hey, hey, he could be one. We could get (laughs) Donald Trump as a correspondent on the podcast. He's good at it. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I'd rather not be sexually assaulted. Oh. You don't want to be grabbed by... Yeah. Uh, um, no, thank you. So anyway, <laughs> so that's that. Uh, thank you again to our our sparklers, our valley people, valley dwellers, whatever. We're whatever you want to call yourselves, we're gonna we get there. I'm gonna call you a sparkler. I think we're gonna do sparklers. We'll, we'll put it to a sparklers, vote. Sparklers, sparkies, valley dwellers. We'll put it to a vote here yeah. a little bit. Um, so as long as you listen, yes. Call yourself whatever you want. As you long listen, as you listen, you listening is a big deal. It shows that you are interested in. Uh, figuring out ways to have conversations that spark change in the hearts of Americans. That's where we live. This is an American podcast. And, and if you do follow us, we would also appreciate you let your friends and family know about us as well. You never know who out there could be yeah. uh, needing to some reassurance that there are people yeah. that uh, think like them, that yeah. are open-minded and in, in this area. I, that there are a lot of people that do think like us that are able to put politics to one side and see the person on the other end of that conversation absolutely that's the important thing we want to remind all of our listeners there are people on the other end of that opinion Mm -hmm. we have to remember that whether it's a good opinion a bad opinion that's your opinion but the fact is that there's a person on the other end of that conversation action items for this episode educate yourself so that you can have Spark those conversations. Yes. And have, have confidence behind it. Don't just arbitrarily run up to somebody yelling at them to vote and you don't have anything to back up why they should. Or disagree with someone's position on something without knowing what you need to know to be able to have a, a healthy argument. Because arguments are good to have. You don't, it, it, a conversation can be an argument. You can be on two opposing sides of a view and not meet in the middle. An argument but, doesn't have to be angry either. Exactly. No. An argument does not have to be angry, and that is yeah. a common misconception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My action point is please stop believing everything on social media. Um, be really cognizant of the things that you take in on social media. Be very wary about posting things and believing things just because you see them. We've seen an onslaught of one particular theory in the last day that um, more Wisconsin voters voted than were registered voters in the state. So it's it's election fraud. Well, it's just misinformation. Uh, You know, they were they were using old numbers. They were using old numbers. Um, but as soon as someone sees that and it backs their um, their agenda, like they're they're going to push that and right, and it got spread all over, and it was untrue. And then you have a whole country questioning our electoral process 
in a way that I mean they should be questioning it but not in that way um, there was everything was above board and yet we're spreading this huge conspiracy theory um, and it's really dangerous so I just want to urge you to be wary of social media it's a free-for-all out there guys and um, the only thing we can do is try to control our environments um, and make sure that we're not posting and sharing things that are misinformation or disinformation um, so that's my action point for this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of her and a point that she made earlier. Um, if you see this uh, misinformation and you know um, that it's false, and speak up, say something, cite your cite your your sources. Um, and, yeah, I and like she said, do it five times. Five times, yeah. So you'll so we can um, oversaturate with the correct information. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's my action point for this week. Uh, I'll wrap up the action points with uh, uh, wrapped into an anecdote of uh, an interaction that I had in social media earlier today since we are uh, talking about social meds Um, there was uh, someone that had posted uh, something about how uh, they don't believe that the votes are are counting or they matter anymore uh, because they saw that in Virginia that Joe Biden had been declared the winner with uh, while Trump had so many other red counties throughout the the state is obviously all these red counties. Why isn't Trump winning? Well, you've got to take into consideration one. Virginia has a lot of rural areas. The rural areas are going to vote uh, usually Republican, but the rural areas also have a lack of people. Mm. That's what makes them rural. Mm. The places that voted for Joe Biden were the bigger cities that have more, more people, people, more votes. Okay. Yeah. Also, the information that she was posting from was a from. Uh, I'm assuming it was a screenshot that she had made, or this person had made. Sorry, um, where it was only four percent of the votes had been counted so far. So, while yes, on election night, it's easy to think that. Oh, they're already calling it for this person. They're, they, what is going on? The votes haven't been counted. They're, they're not calling it. It's a race. That's why it's called a race. When when you're watching a race, you constantly keep track of who's in first, who's in second. So you make projections based off of that. And if you read in there, it says projected winner, this person, based off of the trends that they're seeing. Mm. So again, don't believe everything that you're seeing on social media. Make sure that what, what you are looking at you are being able to read and dissect the information and know what it's actually saying before you start spreading all this information, all this misinformation. So my my action point for everyone would be to, if you are going to be on social media, make sure that you're paying attention to what is actually being said. Deconstruct the information and see what it is about and then make the decision to have a reaction to it or not. So that's my, uh, however you guys want to phrase that. There's a reality be, about that, though. Yeah. You know, some people don't, they don't care to figure out if it's Exactly. People people just they want, want it they, they want that, that gut reaction. Yeah. And we just have to be able to dial that back a little yeah. bit, get yeah. a little bit more grounded. There you go. Well, um, I think that does it for us. Sparktacular 2020. Uh, the election's still not over. We are currently watching results pile in. But let's do ourselves a favor. Let's turn off the TV. Let's breathe. Let's relax our shoulders. Let's get some water. Tell your loved ones that you love them. Yeah, yes. just, just sit, sit and talk yes. to your family. Just, 
just just be Americans together. Yeah. yeah. Because that that's what this is about right now. Try try to to focus away from all the negativity. Try and try and dial it back a little Let's bit. Let's make America dignified again. Let's try that. Okay. Yeah. Just no just, matter what happens with this election, we're all here together. And we will be here tomorrow. And we need to remember that everyone is going to be fine. Yeah. And with that, uh, we'll have Cody take us out. I wrote this five minutes before the show. Official uh, Sparktacular 2020. Thank you so much again. For like, share, subscribe. Follow us on all social media at Spark and Valley. Thank you very much. Yes. Thanks, guys. Spark in the Valley is a Purple Mountain Pods production. It is hosted by Julius Johnson, Alex Sharp, John Pierre Vasquez, and Cody Hensley. This podcast is produced and directed by Julius Johnson and co-produced by Alex Sharp, John Pierre Vasquez, and Cody Hensley. Music supervising and original music by Cody Hensley. Studio engineering and management by Rob Barnett. Research supervision by Alex Sharp. Social media management by John Pierre Vasquez. Special thanks to McMinn County Democratic Party and the McMinn Young Democrats.